Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Welcome. We are in part six of a series called I Am. This is the longest series I've ever done in my life. Have I ever done a seven-part series? I don't think I've done some six parts. Seven parts, the biggest I've ever done. And so anyway, um, the reason why I only usually do about four weeks on a message is because I eventually get sermon ADD and I need to move on to a new topic. And so, uh, but anyway, but Jesus is worth it. And the fact is, is that in the book of John, there are seven I am statements. At some point, it's like picking a favorite child and not liking the other child. At some point, you can't say, well, I'm going to do these four I ams, but you three are not as important, so we're going to not talk about you. So anyway, I just felt like I'm forced into doing all seven, like I'm in this to win this. And so um, all seven of the I am statements, we've covered everything from I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. And then today we take on a brand new one. It's been a great series and I, I do... If there was ever a time where I didn't mind saying, hey, let's spend six, seven weeks, it's on Jesus. I mean, that's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Other parts of the Bible are so important in the principles of teaching and in scriptures and this and all that's so important. But I mean, you can't get more important than knowing the person of Jesus. And that's what's interesting about this series, too, is not even that it's about... Um, the doings of Jesus, like this is what I want you to do. This is what Jesus commanded you to do. This is how you ought to live. This is not about that. Jesus showed up and said seven bold I am statements, mainly for two reasons. Number one is so that you would know that he was God. That's, these are divine statements here. These are statements that play on things in the Old Testament. He's just coming out of the booth. If anybody ever told you that Jesus never actually claimed that he was Messiah, they don't know the Bible. Um, he, this is what he's boldly declaring. I promise you, when he says these statements, he's saying, I'm God. This is me. The second reason, which is most important to us, because most of you are in this room because you do have a belief in Jesus. But this is, this is really why he said these statements for you. is so that you understood how you related to Jesus. Because God is incredibly relational. God is incredibly relational. Think about all that they like. He's like, you're, you're dead in your sins, but I bring life. You're, you're unsatisfied in your soul, but I'm the bread of life. You, you live in darkness, but I'm the light of the world. These are ways that you relate to God and what God really wants to do in your life. And so today we'll look at that next bold statement where Jesus says these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's keep get reading real quick here. John chapter 14, read along with me if you can. Jesus is sitting down, having a conversation with his disciples. He's getting near the end. So this is not in the beginning. This is not in the middle. This is definitely near the end here. He's starting to put a bow on this thing and get his guys prepared for the future. And he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. I love this part. My father's house has many rooms or dwelling places. If that were not so... Would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, uh, we don't know where you're going. And we really don't know the way to get there either. And Jesus said, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him 
and have seen it. I mean, there's so much jam-packed in this thing. I mean, I can't even begin. Like, like Jesus starts with the idea that Jesus has promised peace. He goes, in life, you're, you're, you're going to find moments of incredible stress and anxiety, but don't let your hearts be troubled. You, you believe in me. You believe in God. I'm telling you, you're going to be okay, that there's peace in my relationship with you. So you don't have to worry about that. The next thing that he promised, he promises a place. This is unbelievable. Like Jesus literally said, hey, I'm going to go to heaven, and then I'm going to make a place for you. Like, so that when you get there, does anybody have this? Does anybody have like a mom that lives far away or in a different state? And then hopefully your mom is cool and still loves you. And you, when you get there, like, like this is what happens. When I go home, I, I grew up in South Carolina. And when I go home, my mom does not clean, just so you know, ever. And I don't care if she hears this because she needs to hear this. She'll never clean. But bless God, when I come to town, she cleans. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and not only that, my mom don't cook no more either. But when I come, you, cook. you know what she makes for me? Sweet tea, sweet tea, syrupy, sweet tea. And that's in the fridge when I get there. And mom has made the bed and cleaned the room and she has made, and that's why I feel like Jesus is doing for us, is that Jesus is like, hey, I just want you to know, big brother is moving on ahead of you, but I'm going just to start preparing. And when you get there, there's gonna be some sweet tea. There's a place for you. I'm preparing it for you. And then listen to what he says, so that where I am, you may be also. I need you to get this idea that that, that this is going to shock some of you. The goal of Christianity is not to get you to heaven. It's not. The goal of Christianity is to get you to God. And there's a difference. Because some of us long for heaven. I'm telling you, we need to long to be with God. That's the goal of getting to heaven is just so that not we get heaven, that we get who's in heaven so that where he is, we may be also. Because if, if we long for heaven, but we don't long to be Jesus, we've missed the point. Got a little quiet except for that baby back there. So, so not only has Jesus promised peace and then he's promised a place, then he comes and, and, and he says something kind of weird. He says, so that's where I'm going and you, you know how to get there. And now, have you ever had like somebody invite you to like dinner and be like, oh yeah, meet me over at so-and-so. You, you know where that is? No. I've never heard of it and I have no idea where it is. Like it's frustrating when people just assume that you, and Jesus is doing this on purpose. He's trying to mess with them. He's trying to engage with them. And he goes, so now I'm going to go. And you know, you know how to, you know how to get there. And they're like, we don't know, we don't know the way. They're, they're freaking out. They're like, we're going to lose Jesus. And then we're going to totally, we, we lost our jobs. We can't lose Jesus too. And so they're like, we need to know the way. And that's important. We need to know the path. And that's what Jesus has promised. He promised peace. He promised a place. Then he promised a path. And then he says something audacious. He goes, by the way, I am the path. Like I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And these are huge statements. And if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard that phrase before. That is a big, audacious statement. Then he backs it up with even something crazier. He says this. He goes, no one comes to the Father except through me. Which, if there was a debate amongst all the religious leaders of the world, and if they got together for coffee you know, you got Buddha and Krishna and Muhammad and Jesus, and they're all sitting around. And then Jesus is like, hey, by the way, I am the way, and none of y'all's way works. It's like painting yourself into a corner. It's like, I don't even know where to go from this point. This is what Jesus does. Jesus makes an exclusive claim 
that he is the way, and by the way, there's no other way. This is just the way it is. And so this is what Jesus does when he makes this bold claim. I am the way, and no one comes to the Father except through me this particular way. Now, let me just be honest. That's, well, that's a little offensive, Jesus. You're going to ruffle some tail feathers here with that statement. You're going to upset some people, some people with a coexist, you know, bumper sticker. Not going to like that. Which I find that bumper sticker to be funny too because there's only one group on there that has a problem getting along with everybody else. So it's kind of like, hey, you're preaching to the choir here? Um, I'm already loving you. I'm already at peace with you. God bless you. you know, I, anyway, just, just food for thought. You think about that at lunchtime today. Um, but Jesus, in these bold claims, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He basically is attacking what we would call in our current culture, pluralism. This is the idea. This is the idea. This is the idea. Stay with me back there. You need some coffee too. Pluralism. Pluralism is the idea that like, well, all paths lead to God. I mean, everybody, like it doesn't matter. This is pluralism. This is a good one. And it sounds so good. It really, really does. I'm not trying to be mean or snarky. I promise I love you in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're just sincere in those beliefs. It sounds so good. Like, you know what? You're right. It's okay what you believe. And it, and it is. We love all people no matter where they're coming from. But that doesn't mean that it's an equal belief or that it doesn't contradict other beliefs or that it's not, there's not logical inconsistency. Here, here's another one. All faiths lead to God. That's just the idea. Hey, it's, it doesn't matter what you believe. We're all trying to get, and you'll hear that. You'll hear people say, well, we're all really trying to get to the same God. We're just getting there different, different ways. And it sounds nice. It's just not logical. Next one is this. All religions teach the same thing. Now, here's the problem with that. This is actually kind of offensive to anybody that really knows their belief system. Because they don't all teach the same things. They really don't. As a matter of fact, there's this idea, this cultural idea, that in essence... All religions are fundamentally the same. They're just superficially a little bit different on the outside. When in actuality, it's the exact opposite. All religions are fundamentally different. And superficially, at best, they seem to have some similarities. They are, listen, they are, they're not all the same. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you. There's a, there's a, out of this pluralistic idea, there's this parable that came out of India, and it was the parable of the blind men and the elephant. Has anybody ever heard this blind men and elephant? Yeah, it's the argument that there are four blind men all touching an elephant, and one is touching kind of the, 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 the nose. That's not a real word. What's the, the trunk? I'm like, the nose? I need to go back to kindergarten or something. And then, and then, and then one, guy, one, one guy got like a leg, and then one guy got the ear. And there's no women in the parable, that's sexist. And so, and then, and then one dude's got the tail. And they're all blind though. And they all begin to describe the elephant or God differently. And then one's like, well, well God's, like a, God's like a tree trunk because, you know, he's got the leg. And then another guy's got the ear. He's like, God, God's like a fan. And the other guy's like, it's, I don't remember what he said. It, it's, it's, it's like a snake that didn't shave with a hairy beard or something. You know, like, I don't remember what he said. I forgot the parable. I don't remember what the trunk guy said. It doesn't even matter. The, 
The point of the parable is, is this, this really sweet way of saying, you know what our problem is, is we're all taking off a different chunk of God and we're describing it differently. Now, let me help you out real quick here. Even if you don't have any faith in Jesus at all, please don't go around spouting that as your belief system for two reasons. Number one, it's illogical. And number two, it's insulting. Because basically what you just told me was, is I'm blind and stupid and don't know what I'm talking about. That's what you just told me, right? Because that's, because like, think about who's telling the parable. The only person that could tell the parable is the one person who is so enlightened that they can see all things. And I'm just little old me dumb and only know that I got a fan that's really an ear that's just attached to a bigger elephant, right? And, and the whole point of the parable is not even to talk about the fact that there is an elephant. It's just to talk about like how you're blind and don't even know really what you're fully talking about. And here, again, here's the problem with it. We're not all attached to the same elephant. It's not all the same thing because every religion teaches something completely different about who God is. And they fully contradict each other. As a matter of fact, let, let, me, let me take this a step further. Jesus made the exclusive claim that he was the only way and the only path back to God. And sometimes Christianity is painted in a bad light because it makes this exclusive claim. Stop it. Every major religion makes the same exclusive claim. They all do it. This isn't like Jesus was the only one. As a matter of fact, go talk to a, a person who's of the faith of Islam and tell them that Jesus is just the same and totally valid as theirs is. They're going to be mad at you and insulted. It's, it's, as a matter of fact, Richard Dawkins, who is the, he's the author of The God Delusion, he's a part of the, the, what they call the New Atheist and, and, and whatever, and he's, kind of, he's mean-spirited about his uh, atheism and his disbelief in God, and he's really mean-spirited. And he actually told people, he said, I want you to not only just disbelieve in God, I want you to go and be mean to him and ridicule him. And we're like, that's just not nice. I mean, you cannot believe in God, but I mean, be cool about it. And to which one of the responders was like, hey, can you go to Saudi Arabia and go ahead and start that whole wave of... <laughs> back, back, back off that a little bit. And so... My point is they don't all teach the same things. Let, let, let me, we'll just put it like this. Um, all religions are not the same. That's what you need to know. All religions do not point to God. All religions do not say that all religions are the same. They don't. As a matter of fact, I'll give you an example here. So if, if you go talk to anybody from a different, one of these belief systems, they'll, they'll disagree with you. And I'll prove it to you. I was, when I was in college, how are we doing on time? When I was in college, uh, we had a thing. I was at a Bible college, and they made us do certain things as requirements to be Bible college students. One of them was we had to like go work the prayer lines and take in people's prayer requests and, and talk to them on the phone. And the other one was is we had to go like downtown and just do st what they call street evangelism. And they said, we just want you to go downtown, and we just want to talk to people, just go strike up conversations, and then share your faith with them. And I'm like, okay. And so we end up, this is Columbus, Ohio. We end up on the, on the campus of Ohio State University, which is a huge campus and incredibly diverse. And I remember getting into all kinds of odd conversations. And one night, I got into a conversation with an Indian guy who was of a Hindu belief. And that was his belief system. That's what he raised, and that's what he believed. And so I start talking to him, and I say, hey, man, can I just, you know, I, I, we, we talked about a couple of things. I'm like, hey, man, can I tell you why, you know, I'm really down here. I'm just trying to tell people about Jesus and, and, and you know, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, cut me off. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, Jesus is great. I love Jesus. I'm all down with Jesus. I go, awesome. That's, that's, that's so cool. So we start talking about Jesus and he goes, yeah, but I believe that it's Jesus, but it's also this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, well, uh, but, but see what happened was 
Jesus said that he was the only way. He goes, no, 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 I don't believe that. I'm like, but you said you believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm like, yeah, but Jesus said that he was the only way. He said, I don't believe that. I'm like, but you said that Jesus was a way to get, yeah, 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 but, but it was just a back and forth. And I'm like, <laughs> I am in an illogical tornado. I'm going around in a circle. Because Hinduism would say that although they have three million different deities that they worship, that Jesus could be one of them. But see, because Jesus makes the exclusive claim, then all of a sudden he's like, well, no, but that can't be right then. So, so no matter how you go, you cannot have it both ways. Either Jesus is, and he said he was the only way, or he's not, so therefore he is wrong or incorrect. And I'll tell you why he believed this, because he kept telling me, no, you can't believe that. So he's just as exclusive as Jesus was. And if you go talk to any other major religion in the world, they're going to tell you the same thing. Where do you think Buddhism came from? Buddhism was a spinoff of Hinduism. They reject certain tenets of the Hinduistic faith. And, and basically, he went off in his own search for enlightenment. And there was, there was a disagreement there. There was a, hey, we believe this. We believe this. We're different. We're not the same. And so they started moving in different directions. They don't all teach the same things. And they all make exclusive claims. So let's take a look real quick here. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to make four major points that I think are really jump out at me when I read this statement. Number one is this, is Jesus asserted that there was only one way to God. Again, that would totally go against what, what any major religion would say. That's just like you go talk to somebody that, that's of a different religion, they're going to disagree with you on that one. Number two is this, is that Jesus stated that God is the author of life, and that meaning in life is found in knowing him. Now, that would totally disagree with the, the Buddhist faith. Because they either ignore God or, or, or don't believe in God, depending on which version of, of, of Buddhism you are. So, so God's not personal. Like Buddha never claimed to be God. He was just a guy that was looking for a path to enlightenment. And, and they would never say this right here. Next one is this, is that Jesus revealed that he was the son of God. Now, again, you go talk to a person from Islam, they're like, heck no, that's blasphemous. Jesus was not the son of God because they, they, anyway, I don't want to get into that. And then lastly, Jesus claimed that we could personally know God and the nature of his truth, which would go against any atheistic or agnostic belief system. So Jesus, in this one statement, basically is like, um, not doesn't, nope, we're not that, we're not that, we're not, a, nope, nope. This is the way that it is. Now, look. If you don't like that he made these claims, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just the messenger. You know what I'm talking about? I'm just sharing with you that Jesus made the exclusive claim, and I don't want you to get duped into a pluralistic culture that wants to make you feel as though everything should be okay and everything should be all right. Because it's almost the idea of tolerance, that everybody needs to be tolerant of everything. And the problem is, is that tolerance is a bit of a myth because you can't be tolerant of everything because as soon as you're tolerant of everything, you become intolerant of other people. It, it, so it's, an, it's a logical impossibility to be absolutely tolerant of everything. And so the same thing works with religions. They can't all be the same. Somebody's got to be right. Does that make sense? Therefore, somebody's got to be wrong. We need to figure out which one's right. And that's what the journey that I've been on for the whole, my whole life is saying, hey, Jesus, I believe you're the way and I'm buying into it. And I've looked at all the other religions of the world and I've studied them and looked at them and analyzed them and they all fall apart pretty quick in my opinion. And so I'm like, you know, it's pretty clear to me that it's Jesus and he's the way and that's it. And I'll tell you why. Remember earlier I said there's a parable about four blind dudes holding an elephant and da, 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 da. Here's what I really believe is the case. 
is that, yeah, we are limited in our finite mind and thinking and ability to figure everything out. But I think somebody came to earth who actually could see all things. And so if there's anybody in the parable, it's Jesus. He's the only one that could see all things and be like, no, y'all are missing it here. Y'all are missing it here. This is what we need to do. Bam, follow me because y'all are all blind. I'm the one guy that can see in this parable. Y'all need to follow me. Is that Jesus, in essence, was the difference maker because Jesus is uniquely different because you would have to say that if all religions are the same, then they all have to have similar origins or similar beliefs or similar leaders or similar, and they don't. And Jesus might be the biggest gap in this whole thing. Let's talk about Jesus real quick because this is a big, a big deal breaker. When you look at Jesus and compare Jesus to all the other religious leaders, he is uniquely different than all of them. Number one is this, is that Jesus lived a completely different life. Like when you look at the person of Jesus, it just, he's different. He's not like everybody else. Like Jesus claimed to be sinless. His followers backed that up and said he was sinless. The whole New Testament writes that he was sinless, that he lived a perfect life. Heck, his little brother wrote the book of James and followed him after the resurrection. Now listen, if you can talk your family into believing that you are sinless, how many know your family is tripping? Your family is nuts. Like, you imagine your brother coming to you and be like, I am the Messiah, I am the way to God. You'd want to punch him or put him in a straitjacket, or both, you know? So anyway, sorry. I have to regain my composure after that statement. But Jesus lived a different life. When you compare Jesus like, like, like Muhammad, for instance, Muhammad was a guy who went into a cave and heard things and then wrote it down. But technically he was illiterate, so I don't think he wrote it down. He had somebody else write it down. And Muhammad was a, was a religious leader. He was a military leader. He was a geographical leader. He was basically pulling together all these different um, tribes and groups in that region of the world and, and unifying them. But he did some awful things. I mean, this was the guy who had an entire village of Jewish people slaughtered because they didn't want to follow him. Jesus didn't do that. Meaning like, like Buddha, for example, like abandoned his wife and children to go on a search for enlightenment. Krishna allegedly killed his uncle. You just don't run into these issues with Jesus. And I'm not saying that there's not some craziness in the Bible where, where, you know, godly men did weird, crazy, or odd things or whatever. But you just, when it comes to Jesus, there's no discrepancy in his life. There's nothing about, put it this way, every other religion, when you see religious guys debate other religious guys, and guys bring this up, they, they, they have to back down a little bit or make excuse or finally, you know, there's just nothing about the life of Jesus that you can ever point to to say, hey, here's a discrepancy in his life. I know he taught this, but he actually did this. He lived this way, but he taught this. There's discrepancy there. There's just something so unique and so pure about his life that other people recognize that. Even if you say, well, I don't know that I believe the Bible, but listen, I'm just telling you historically, nothing points to Jesus being anything other than who he said he was in his life and his morality. That's, that's the point I would make. Number two is this. Not only did Jesus live a different life, Jesus proclaimed a different message. Jesus' message was uniquely different than everybody else's message in a, in a number of ways, but primarily in this way. Jesus, in his message, claimed to be God. Well, that's different. Lots of people come along and like, like, like I said, Muhammad was just a prophet. 
who spoke for God. He never claimed to be God. Buddha never even claimed to be anything remotely be God. He just was a dude in search of enlightenment. He, he even went on to say that he wasn't even sure of the existence of God. So Krishna never claimed to be God. He just claimed that there's a God everywhere. You just find one and worship that one. And so Jesus came along and said, no, no, no. It's not that I can teach like, like in Buddhism, there's the eight noble truths or the paths that you take to get to the thing. And Jesus is like, it's just, it's just me. There's not eight things. It's just, it's just me. It's just, it, I'm just telling you it's different. That's all I'm trying to make the point. It's different. Not only that, Jesus did something different. Jesus died and rose again. Now, you don't have to believe that, but here's, here's my point. Is that all the other religious leaders of the world, there's a clear explanation for their death. Um, you know, Joseph Smith was shot. You know, Muhammad died of sickness. All these guys just died and, and there's a grave and a burial and a thing. And it, but, but here's what we know about Jesus is we know that Jesus was crucified. We also know that he was buried in somebody else's tomb. And we also know that the tomb was empty three days later. And then we know that you have multiple people saying they saw him three days later alive. Make of that what you will. All I know is he died because this is, you have reports and people claiming and seeing. Here, here's, one of the, here's one of the big things is, is the disciples' reaction post-resurrection. Because the disciples are afraid. Uh, one of them trade Jesus in for some money. The other one runs away and flees. And, and the other one denies him three times. Everybody's just kind of on the run. And then three days later, all of a sudden, they are bold. And they're so bold in, in like they take this message to their death. Now, how many know that's a big deal? I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes for just one second. Let's just say that the Jesus' death and resurrection was all a hoax. Then these disciples would have to like huddle around. There's only 11 now. Judas hung himself. Let's, all right, let's, let's talk about this. To save face. We don't want to look dumb to our wives. What we're going to say is that he came back to life. Are we all in? Thomas? Once you're in, you're in. And then they dedicate the rest of their lives to carrying on the hoax of the ages. And not just like to make money. No, to be beaten, to be whipped, to be imprisoned. They took Peter with his family and crucified him all upside down. So he could go to his grave for a lie. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? There are multiple reports. There's reports of, of literally hundreds of people seeing Jesus post-resurrection. And at the time of the writing, which everybody agrees now that the New Testaments can be found to be written by eyewitness accounts. Meaning like these were first century, first generation people who witnessed experience. And they start putting people's names in the book saying, hey, we saw it. And I was with what's his name. And I was with so-and-so. And I was with that guy. Go talk to him. So again, all I'm saying is, is we know he died. We know he was put in a tomb that wasn't even his own. It was the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. We know three days later it was, it was empty. We know that there was no explanation. They couldn't find a body. And after that, everything changed. So make of it what you will. I mean, I just, I'm going to go with it. For a number of other reasons as well. But I'm, I'm going to go with it. Nobody else claimed to be God. Nobody else claimed to be sinless. Nobody else died for it. Nobody else, and nobody else claim to come back to life nobody ever did any of this thing and so ultimately what you find is this and we could keep going but let me just wrap it up with this statement is jesus is uniquely different he, he just is if you're taking medicine it's 1108 i got a few more minutes jesus is uniquely different that or he's crazy or, or he's just criminal 
That's the conclusion you have to come to. Because anybody that gets up and says, hey, I am perfect, I am sinless, I know God, I am God, I'm the way to God, everybody follow me. If somebody did that, because this is the other thing that people do in pluralism. They can say, well, no, he was just a good guy and he was a good moral teacher. That's not moral. That's evil. It is evil to get up and tell everybody to give your entire lives to something that you know not to be true. That's just mean. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Danny. I mean, are you getting what I'm saying? Like, hey, I want you to follow me and you're all going to die for this and your family's going to die for it. I want you to follow me. And you knew it was a hoax? That's just mean. Or you're nuts. Because that means you actually believed you were God even though you really weren't. But when you look at the life and the teachings of Jesus, there's nothing about his life that you're like, you know what, I think that guy was just a little off his rocker. That whole thing about peace and forgiveness and loving other people. That guy was nuts. Like, listen, listen to this. This is a Jewish guy from the 20th century. Jesus Christ is, to me, the outstanding personality of all time. All history, even. Everything he ever said or did has value for us today. And that is something you can say of no other man, dead or alive. There is no easy middle ground to stroll upon. You either accept Jesus or you reject him. Because, he's look, he's either... Either is or he isn't. I don't think he's a good moral teacher or he's crazy. You got to go with one of those answers. That, that's it. So at some point, you got to say he is uniquely different. Christianity teaches something uniquely different. There's something radically different about him. And he paints himself into the corner and he says, I am the way. Not one of many, not one of a few. I am the way. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. And these are the exclusive, bold claims that Jesus made. And I'm okay with them. I love everybody. I ain't mad at nobody. I'm inviting everybody into the Jesus boat. Come on now. We're not mad at anybody. And we're not rude or arrogant about this thing. We're just saying, hey, we're pretty confident in what we believe. And it doesn't mean that I think you're a moron. I just think that maybe God hasn't helped you, revealed to you, showed to you. And I'm going to keep praying for you. And I'd love to tell you more. And that's okay. And even if you totally disagree with me, I'm still going to love you and treat you with kindness, dignity, and respect. I can coexist. Other people can't. But I can coexist. This is just what I'm saying about Jesus. Now, let me, let me just, let me wrap this up and put a bow on this. Because here's, here's what I really did. Um, a couple years ago, I was having a conversation. This girl who was raised a Muslim, um, she came to me and she said, I'm doing an interview for my school. And I have to do a, a, an article comparing my religion to Christianity. And I had to come get, I had to, I had to come get a, a pastor's perspective and ask him some questions. So, so we sat down, we had the most pleasant conversation. She was so sweet and she just asked me all these questions and I just did the best I could to answer them. And at the end of it, she just said, okay, let, let me just hear your answer. What do you think would be the major key difference between Islam and Christianity. And I thought for just a split second it came to me. And it had to be God because I'm not that smart. And so it came to me. I said, you know what? It's the person of Jesus and the message of grace. It's the person of Jesus and the message of grace. And she goes, what do you mean the message of grace? I said, oh, well, it's this grace. It's the undeserved and unearned love and kindness of God. That you can't get right with God by being super duper good. You're only right with God because you've accepted what Jesus has done for you. And that's it. She tilted her head a little bit. She looked puzzled. Because every other religion of the world, there's a path, there's a thing, there's an eight this, there's a seven this, you got to do these four things, you got to do that. And listen to me. I, 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 
Well, in Christianity, there's all kinds of things that Jesus wants you to do, but, but that's not how you get to heaven. Does that make sense? That doesn't get you in. Jesus gets you in. That's it. And then once you get in, you just start following Jesus, and as you follow Jesus, all these things start to come together. But you don't have to do anything to get in as much as you have to just to receive something. And what do you receive? The grace of God through the person of Jesus. I'll close with this. C.S. Lewis was at this gathering of religious scholars, and they were all talking. And when he got there, he, he said that they were all debating and arguing and having this big conversation about what made Christianity different from all the other religions of the world. And they're all talking and arguing, and he goes, that's easy. And they all stopped, you know, because it, it, it sounds a little arrogant. I'm like, well, that's easy. Why are we even having this conversation? And they go, okay, well, what, what is it? He goes, it's simple. It's grace. And that was it. He was done. That was the other, it's grace. It's grace. It's the person of Jesus. It's grace. It changes everything. It's different. It's not the same. They don't all teach the same things. They don't all believe the same things. They all believe that their way is exclusive. Jesus came and said, you need a way to God. You need a way back to everlasting life. You need a way right now towards peace and life and meaning and hope and strength and all that is in God. And he goes, it's simple. You know how to get there. It's me. I am the way. I am the truth. Remember, truth by definition is exclusive. He goes, I am the life. It is in the person of Jesus. And everything that you've been looking for starts with him. Let's pray this morning. So God, we just pray this morning, God, that, that no matter where we're at in, in our journey and trying to figure things out, for, for, for many of us, God, we're bought in, we're, we're all in, chips are in the middle of the table, we're, we're on the Jesus team. God, help us just to grow closer in, in, in loving you and knowing you and following you and let us stay as close as we can in following you. For others, God, we're, we're struggling and maybe, maybe today was something cool that helped put the puzzle pieces together. God, if there's somebody out there today that I offended, then, then God, I pray that you would help them to forgive me and that God, in their hearts, that they would just be open to the idea that what if? What if that, that weird white guy had something interesting to say? Well, what if there's something more than I've always known? What if? And maybe, just maybe, they would ask some questions and pursue you and pray and ask God just to show yourself and whoever and however you are. And so, God, no matter where we're at today, God, help us to take a step closer to you, Lord. Let us follow you today and every day for the rest of our lives, God. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.